welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the legal merry-go-round, where I always want you to avoid the downs and savor the ups. The legal merry-go-round, ah, yes. Why? Because in the world of human human endeavor, in the world of human curiosity, in the world of human action and inaction, facts are always going to be different from case to case to case. And the law has to adapt to this to get a correct decision for people coming into those courtrooms with facts always being different. So up and down and sideways and spinning around. You know, you remember the movie Forrest Gump, a box of chocolates. Remember that? Life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So you get people coming into a courtroom and you never know what you're going to get. I want to talk today about paternity. Is it the child? Michael Jackson, the child is not my son. Okay, let's get to paternity. I want to talk about some cases. I'm going to talk about cases in Maryland because I have some really good cases to talk about. And I'm going to suggest that in most of the states across the country, laws are going to be very similar. They may have details that are different, but the principles that I'm going to talk about here, for the most part, I'm going to guess apply all over the United States. So let's pay attention a little bit and see what principles govern paternity laws. Is the child my son? That's the question that the fathers are always asking and the mothers are trying to you know, contest or disprove or prove. In Maryland, there's a presumption. It's a very, very solid presumption. Children born or conceived during a marriage are presumed to be the legitimate children of both spouses. Now, the issue of paternity is important to settle as early in a child's life as possible because of all the potential emotional, financial, and legal reasons that you might think of, and there are many. Junior should know who the father is for sure. Now, once a man is determined to be the father, he's obviously under a legal obligation to support the child. But in some cases, a person might attempt to dispute paternity and any resulting court order regarding child support or custody issues. It's a matter that the courts should and obviously do take very seriously. The law does not take into account, however, a situation like this. Back to the merry-go-round. You just never know what you're going to get. Here's a case where the spouses stopped living together. They did not divorce. And during the time that they were separated, the wife had children with another man. 
Wow. So under these circumstances, in this situation, guess what? The marital presumption still kicks in, and the husband, not living with a wife, not having had sex with her, is still presumed to be the father of any children born during the marriage. So what happens? The court had to make a decision based on information and evidence that was produced at the trial. I'm going to tell you what happened after the break. I know this is very, very exciting for you to learn what's going to happen because it is interesting, quite frankly. I poke fun at that, but it is interesting. The next case I want to share, which again, I'll set it up for you and then tell you what happens after the break. A mom said that he's not the father. And he, she is contesting custody. Dad has been there from day one, taking care of little boo-boo and says that the child is mine. You know, there's an adage that warns, be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. It's a reference to the notion that many outcomes, even ones we desire, can have, with, uh, can have consequences that are uh, unintended. And so here was the case of this Maryland woman who lost a custody case with the man she named as her child's father on the child's birth certificate. Even in the absence of a paternity test when they got to the point where there was a contest about whether or not he was the dad. She had this daughter in 2009. When the girl was three, the mom and the dad signed a document called an Affidavit of Parentage. Now, an affidavit is a sworn statement before a court officer or a notary public. It has the same force and effect if it's upheld as being given with a, a sound mind as a court order. An Affidavit of Parentage. Both parents signed saying yes we are the parents of this little girl. Father's signature, I am the biological father. The mother cont- agreeing to that. Yes, he is the biological father. At about the same time, a birth certificate was prepared for the little girl, again naming the man as the father. Well, the relationship hit a rocky patch, and the relationship became what we might call on again, off again. And the couple actually never got married, and they never really began living together full-time. At a certain point, the daughter began living primarily with the dad. And so he filed a court complaint uh, for custody in the summer uh, after she was about six years old, after the mom took her and went to South Carolina. He was a little bit TO'd, I mean, right? You know, she's living with me and unbeknownst to me, you know, she comes and grabs a child and moves to South Carolina. Not cool. In the mother's papers, she says that dad is not really the father. He's not really the natural father. So they get to the custody hearing, custody trial, and the mom wants a paternity test that would definitively determine if he is or if he isn't. And the trial court says, no, we're not giving you a paternity test to prove it. 
The only evidence right now we have contradicting the father's assertion that he is the father is you, Mom, saying that you lied on the affidavit of paternity. And that's not enough to constitute a valid challenge to Dad's claim that he is the father. So what do you think the court did here? I'm going to tell you after the break. Last case to discuss here is where a Maryland court initially sides with the father in the mom's legal action to again disprove his paternity. The mom wants a test to determine it. Now, when you talk about a paternity, the typical case, you're thinking of a couple of things, probably. You're, you're thinking about a mom going to court seeking to use the authority and maybe the threat of punishment from the court, the legal system, to force maybe a deadbeat dad to take responsibility as a parent, as a father, when maybe the father or the parent is, you know, he's saying, oh, I'm not the kid's father. But not all paternity issues are like that. In some cases, the father's fighting not to avoid responsibility, but to avoid losing his rights and his relationship with the child that he's loved and raised as his own for a child's entire life. A case here in Maryland uh, involved this type of non-typical situation. The parents lived together for three years. Again, in this case, they had never married. The mother gave birth to a daughter, and the daughter's birth certificate listed the father, listed the, uh, the gentleman as the father, and the daughter shared the father's last name. So both mom and dad signed again this official form called an affidavit of parentage on which they both swore that, in this case, John was the girl's biological father. Again, disharmony. A couple years later, couple splits up. For a time, they shared what we'll call 50-50 split custody. That is, one of them had the child for half the time and the other for the other half the time. But there came a point, maybe about a year after their split, that the mom went back to court. She said that John was not the daughter's biological father. She offered up that she had engaged in a brief sexual relationship with another man around the time of the daughter's conception. So she wanted a DNA test to confirm her suspicion that the other man, in fact, was the father. She claimed that as part of her case, uh, both men had already taken paternity tests, and those tests showed that the other man, not John, was the father. Now, John had lived at all times uh, with the girl until the split, had been a very active and involved parent, and loved this little girl very much. He goes to court to contest that he's not the father, despite the paternity test that says that he was, excuse me, that said he was not, that, that the other man the brief sexual dalliance, that that was the man with who was the father. So we're going to come back, and I'm going to share the results and give you some general principles of paternity law. Thanks for listening. Don't go too far. 
So I'm a photography nut. Uh, I share that with you because of just no reason other than the story I'm getting ready to tell, which after I will go to the break, I promise you. So I have a, a lot of friends, lawyers, as you might imagine, and one of them is a, a gentleman who does a lot of divorce cases. Um, people like to bring in photos to prove things. So this lawyer friend of mine tells me about a, a woman who brought in a photo showing her spouse cheating. Uh, it was a photo of her spouse having sex with another woman. Well, that sounds like it'd be pretty good evidence, right? Uh, so then the the lawyer, my buddy, my lawyer friend says to the wife, well, who took this picture? And he says that her face got white and she paused and it was several, multiple seconds, you know, and time seems to go by so slowly when there's silence. Um, who took the photo? She says, well, w we were all naked. Don't you love it? I'm going to come back after the break. Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter? or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. And now we continue the merry-go-round about paternity. So during this break, did you solve the world's problems? Neither did I. But I'm going to solve some of yours if you're in a paternity battle in Maryland by giving you some basic guidelines. We talked at the beginning about the presumption that if you're married, kids born during that marriage are yours. The case involved a situation where the parents had separated. They were no longer living into the same house, under the same roof. And the mom had children outside of the marriage with another man. Nonetheless, the father is presumed, the husband is still not divorced couple. The husband is presumed to be the father. 
And the consequences of that, of course, are that he has child support obligations for these children that theoretically are not his. Despite the fact that he had no relationship with the kids, again, the local Department of Health and Human Services wanted a definitive ruling. The department requested that the court order a generic test, a genetic test. Did I say generic? I say the wrong things once in a while. A genetic test to determine paternity with respect to two of the four children that were born when the father wasn't there. Husband went to court, father went to court, and said, you know, uh, I think that's uh, that's a good idea. Uh, I'd like to have these tests to prove that I'm not the dad and that I don't have to support these kids. The court denied the request. They denied the department's request, and the husband joined in. He wanted the test to prove it so he wouldn't have to to pay child support, court said no. What? You know, come on. The moral of the court is that the document that had been signed, well, that's controlling. They reviewed the husband's arguments, but ruled that the lower court's order not reviewable. The court pointed out the lower court's order denying genetic testing to determine paternity was not a final judgment and did not fall within one of the statutory exceptions under the law. The case illustrates the complexity of the family code and how it applies to certain cases. It didn't, the the final court, the Supreme Court, did not have an opportunity to address the, the actual legal factual issues of the case because of procedural requirements. Wow. So here's a guy, moves out of the house, is not having any relationship whatsoever with his wife, still married, no relationship, not under the same roof, not in the same bed. She goes out and has kids with somebody else, and he is presumed to be the father, and because of procedures, ultimately... He continues to be presumed to be the father, and he's got obligations to support the children. Wow. If this is something that's going on, if you're separated, you should seek the divorce, get it done, or as soon as a child is born, move to have a test to determine if it is your child. It would be done early. There would be no fight. There would be no aggravation. There would be no supporting children who aren't yours. The next case is the Supreme Court decision about the uh, mother who moved to South Carolina, Supreme Court of Maryland, of course, which is actually called the Court of Special Appeals. Uh, The mother moves with the child to South Carolina, steals the child out of school or someplace, and the father is seeking to get the child back and get custody. After hearing all the evidence about each parent's fitness, 
a judge concluded that the father provided a more stable, safe, and beneficial home for the child. The court granted joint legal custody to both parents, but said that the father would get the primary physical custody and allowed for uh, the mother to get visits with the child at the father's house or get this at a local shopping mall. The mother appealed the trial court's ruling and lost. The appeals court upheld the trial court judge's ruling and said that uh, this was throwing out an affidavit of paternity. That's what, what was involved. The person who executes an affidavit of paternity can rescind that document in Maryland within 60 days. After that, the only way to reverse it is for the person seeking to have it thrown out. They must prove to the court that the affidavit was a result of fraud, duress, or a material mistake of fact. So here, neither parent looked to rescind that affidavit within the 60 days. Instead, here, years later, mom makes an argument to the trial court in a custody hearing saying that the father really was not the daughter's biological parent and that she lied on the affidavit, which, you know, of course, when you lie in court, that's perjury. So she's admitting she lied, saying that she lied because she was in the midst of a health crisis and at the time she needed him to take care of the child. So these assertions, even if they were true, don't require the court to honor her demand for a paternity test. None of the assertions or claims that she made amounted to fraud, duress, or a mistake of material fact. Well, glad that dad got the child back. Last, there was this case, the third one we talked about before I went to the break, about a test allegedly proving that the other guy was the dad. Well, not so much. The mother appealed. She lost again. Why did she lose without even getting to a point of a full hearing in spite of the facts that she alleged? Well, the affidavit of parentage, which carries significant legal weight, was the basic reason. The appeals court explained that the execution, the signing of this affidavit of parentage, creates a legal finding of paternity. It carries the same force as if there were a court case and a judge made a legal finding of paternity. These affidavits are very significant and should never be signed lightly. Both parents signed the affidavit. Once it takes effect, again, there's only limited ways to overcome it. The limited ways are, again, fraud, duress, or material mistake of fact. Too bad for mom. This is a situation in which the legal finding of the court was that John was the father. Here we have a situation, like all of these paternity cases, that requires very detailed analysis, very factual-based issues, and at the end of the day, 
an absolute need for lawyers. We lawyers, we're not bad people. We can help. You should call us. Yes, it can be expensive, but is the expense now even close to being considered for an entire life in determining a child and parent relationship? I think the expense of an attorney is a pittance compared to the enormity and the sanctity of a relationship between child and parent. I hope that you're never in a situation where you're having tug of war with a spouse over who is the parent and who is not, and should I pay or should I not, or you have to fight for your rights to be involved with a child. That's heart-wrenching kind of stuff. I hope and pray that never happens to any of you. But if it does, first step, go get a lawyer. Second step, protect yourself. I ask you to come back again and listen to uh, the Legal Merry-Go-Round. Also ask you to give us a review if you like us. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye now. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations. 